Lewis Hamilton is not the world champion in 2021. Max Verstappen takes his first championship at the ripe old age of 24 years old. Michael Massey is the man in focus, in or out of the bin, depending on where you sit. And Kimi Raikkonen retires as driver of the day at the end of an incredible career. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we review the championship deciding, last lap deciding. We could have put the rest of the season in the bin. Seems we only needed one lap. Race at Abu Dhabi. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours, the very, very happy Dutchman, Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And Campy, hello man. Gentlemen, how are you? Yes, uh, slightly sleep deprived, all three of us are. I tried to watch as much of the post race as I could, Uh, so only a handful of hours of sleep, but uh, well worth it because this was one hell of a ride, although it didn't start that way. Uh, But before we get into talking about the Grand Prix and what ended up happening, uh, a bit of a shout out to to someone who's left us a review. First of all, they say, what a show. How funny are these guys? Five stars taking the piss out of the drivers, the teams and themselves. Best F1 podcast, the length of the Flemington Strait. Tune in to hear Campy's words of wisdom, such as if there's meat on the table or the classic (laughs) two doesn't go into three. Channel 31 needs to take the rights off Foxtel and get these guys into the commentary box. Massive thank you to you for that. And before, of course, we go to talking about the Grand Prix, it is time to talk about the television broadcast review. And there was a lot of broadcast to review, Tommy T. of broadcasting wasn't there I suppose like we talk about the little feature at things they did there wasn't much really was there was the little Kimmy feature of him just stacking a what was it Polaris (laughs) (laughs) whatever thing in the sand dunes yep that was probably probably a highlight we had little we had Karoon's lap around with Damon. That was interesting where he was taking credit for everything that was changed. <laughs> everything, yep. Every I did oh, so I wanted this and I just changed it over and we only shovel and wheelbarrow Karoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but to be honest, I think the whole weekend I was just so sick of the the way it was framed, the championship mm. uh battle and just trying to get everyone to play off each other and how they thought. I suppose they were speculating from the start that there was going to be an incident and there was going to be contact and there was going to be dirtiness somehow from the Max Verstappen side of things and how Lewis is Sir Lewis and can do no wrong. Mm. And it's just, I think it, the struggle is obviously that we watch the Sky broadcast. So obviously it's framed that way. I think the only kind of one that I felt was neutral enough was Jensen, um, <laughs> who is probably the one that's the most British. I, I, I don't know. Like even uh, Nico was backing his old teammate and I just, yeah, it was a struggle to watch how Lewis focused it was and how anti-Max it almost felt. Um, and were you which personally attacked again being a duchy? I definitely was. Yeah, there definitely you go. felt personally attacked. <laughs> I, I just, it was, it was confusing. Duchies are... Bloody precious, huh? <laughs> definitely, definitely, <laughs> precious. and protective. <laughs> no, I think 
I think because as soon as you zoom out and you see anything from the world side of point of view, it is. It's like, yay, Max, all this kind of stuff. But just every time it's framed elsewhere, it's like, oh, well, have you considered this about Max? And don't forget this. And it's there's all these kind of negative things thrown around. So it wasn't as exciting as I would would have liked to prep going into this epic race that we had. Yeah, so, well, as I said at the top, interesting that we've had the entire season – so many races and everything didn't matter. We could have just had yeah. the first lap at Bahrain and whoever was the end of that, done. Right, move on with the season. Let's just go to the bar. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen would have preferred that, I think, for the yeah. uh, whole of the season. For sure. But, you know, it really, over though, Jim. it really turned it on. Yeah, look, I was going to say, the uh, from a broadcast point of view, the – the flyover was glimpsed at. I couldn't even tell if it was a Boeing 787 or an Airbus A350 and I am a plane spotter. People know me, know <laughs> that that is the case. And I sort of saw, I was like, yes, here we go. And normally they have like a helicopter that will do an aerial shot above. The aerial nope. shot was like a good 15 seconds, 20 seconds after the aircraft had disappeared <laughs> and completely buggered off. Um, and, of course, because the TV director's like, no, we need to focus on Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> and that yeah, was it. There was no yes. other kind of attention. So uh, the flyover, as always at Abu Dhabi, is great because they get an Etihad jet uh, and their team of flyover jets as well, and it always looks good and nice little straight. in the flyover throughout the whole weekend when they're just trying to talk. Yes. And well, every other jet flying over. That's A plus to whoever the pilot is just wanting. But that's classic <laughs> fighter pilot attitude. Give me attention. Give me attention. That's all they do. Just, they're not doing anything else, are they? It's just this jet stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, from a flyover point of view, uh, probably a solid 7.5 out of 10, and the reason it doesn't get more points is because we didn't see what else happened but to fly fly a, mm. uh, a jet that close in terms of a uh, passenger aircraft that close to the ground with, you know, a little formation behind is always very cool and interesting to, to watch, I think. Mm. What about the national anthem for you, Campy? We had oh, some Eddie had hosts holding the flag too. Yeah, pre-recorded, so I don't like that. We definitely need some, something live, a little live orchestra or band <laughs> playing. Yeah, it was a dud, wasn't it? It was <laughs> not about it. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. No, anyway. that's very true. Can't have just the Russian national anthem playing all the time. Uh, Tommy T, what's your score out of 10 then? Give it a five out of 10 for five, the anti-Dutchness yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. I will. I would suggest precious, maybe an, Tommy, an, precious. an extra point two three of a point uh, for just how long they went for. I just caught up uh, on the last couple of, well, the last hour or so of the broadcast, uh, but also an additional 400 points because Sky F1 was nice enough to share their live broadcast with Channel 4 in the UK. So you didn't actually have to pay for a subscription in the That's UK cool. if you were to watch the grand, uh, the, yeah, the grand final, grand final, the finale, I should grand say. Grand final. Um, which, was in, it, which is good by them. Um, it was yeah. a nice good guy move by them, which was good. Let's talk about Formula 2 as well, Campy. Uh, Oscar Piastri bloody just sending it off in style, didn't he? Feature race, yes. Uh, very cool, calm and collected, led from the front. Whole race, uh, yep, circumnavigated his uh, pit stop well. Came out, uh, started on the softs, I believe, and then went on to the, the hards or the mediums, whatever that strategy was. Excellent for his last race, got a win, showed his dominance. Uh, Joe, yep. was, Joe was good too. He finished in P2. Um, after a good start, he had a really good battle with uh, uh with Jack Doohan on lap one, and uh, Jack Doohan put it in the wall. Unfortunately for us Aussie mm-hmm. fans, but not uh, doing good things there. 
Yeah, I was a bit of a shame. I think he just came onto the uh, came back onto the circuit after going off, and his front end twitched a bit like what we saw from uh, Leclerc's get off last night. His little off track excursion, so not good <laughs> when you're in a single seat in racing car. Uh, anyway, look, stoked for Oscar. Just capped off what a fine season it's been. Uh, in his interviews, what a cracking little fella too. He needs to give us a bit more, a bit more banter. But he's a young professional little kid trying to get into F1 and. Uh, He's doing all the right things at the moment, so it's exciting for us fans. I, I, I really want to see him in the car next year as much as possible. Mm, yeah. But he alluded to himself, and we made that joke yesterday, that he'll be king of the couch next year probably. <laughs> so uh, Discord talked about him possibly racing in S5000 in Australia next year just to get him some track time. But uh, realistically, that'll probably clash with a lot of the calendar for next year. Yeah. But uh, he'll be working very hard. He'll be a full-time employer of that Alpine team next year, and hopefully yeah. they can get him in a car somewhere else doing some other things, maybe test some previous F1 cars and machinery. So, some uh, work would be cool. Work. Yeah. yeah. Get him in a test car next year, one of the test days as well. Mm. That would be good for him. Um, yeah. Well, he's still- testing today. Uh, yeah. Today and tomorrow as well. season, yeah. Mm. Mm. So that's, I mean, great for us fans moving forward. And we've still got someone to watch in the junior categories next year too. So uh, it's all, all things looking Aussie in F1. So it's good. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is a shame, of course, if you haven't listened to our pre-drinks podcast yet, uh, shout out to Freya, also being the only duchy in the uh, the bar or the, smoke, the whatever meat smokehouse she was watching the race in, uh, being the only fan of Max Verstappen in amongst Lewis Hamilton fans. I feel like there would be inverse versions of that in the Netherlands as well. Did you uh, see that picture of the, uh, the guy with the top knot that she was watching it with? <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was horrible. That's the worst. Giovinazzi. <laughs> but uh, yes, anyway, uh, interesting interesting time for Oscar Piastri. Uh, as I said at the very end, though, of the pre-drinks podcast, if Lewis was going to win, he would retire and Oscar would go to Mercedes. Well, put that idea in the bin because uh, we'll take my <laughs> tinfoil beanie off there. Yeah. <laughs> can place it in the bin and then I will get it back out again as we talk about what actually bloody happened on this Grand Prix evening, uh, it started out with a bit of a bang um, and then it was very boring in the middle and then Nicholas Latifi confirmed his Red Bull sponsorship for 2022, <laughs> uh, probably driving for AlphaTauri in 2023. An interesting, yeah. interesting time. Of course, we'll go through our team-by-team team analysis except for probably Haas, uh, although they did, aren't the last team that we'll talk about. Uh, but let's let's just dive straight on into this, lads, because the last lap was the most important, wasn't it? Um, and I just, it, it almost doesn't matter where you sit on the fence here. Uh, the race is done. Uh, as we just start uh, started recording this, the decision was made that there was uh, no appeal uh, was going to go through from Mercedes. And so it is how it is. Max Verstappen, world champion in 2021. How do we feel about it, though, overall, Campy? We'll start with you and we'll get into a little bit of the detail exactly around what the protest was about as well. Uh, look, love the fact that Max won. That, for me, is awesome. Did I want him to win like that? Absolutely not. Am I shattered for Lewis? Because, yes, he's. I'm not the biggest Lewis fan and he gives me the shits all the time the way he handed himself <laughs> out of the car. But to see what he did last night and the last four races for 
for the championship to end in the way it did, mm. I above and beyond, I am I'm a fan of this sport, and I think for you know without drivers aside, I I'm utterly disappointed that our sport would decide a world championship that the way that it went down. I just think uh, Massey's a dickhead. He's in the bin. <laughs> His, his <laughs> incompetence at making decisions on the fly has to be a question. I think his job's untenable. Um, although they alluded to the fact in the commentary after the after the report that Mass is a good guy and anyone, who else would you put in? I don't have those answers. All I know is that the inconsistencies that we've talked about all year from Michael Massey and the stuff that's gone on track came to a head last night. And as a fan of the sport, I don't like the way it was decided. So the yeah, whole it- thing is cooked. It's, it's interesting because uh, either way it went, um, half the world was going to hate Michael Massey regardless of the decision that was mm. made, regardless of any kind of, um, you know, interesting, I suppose, sort of looking at trying to launch this appeal because it almost didn't really matter because the Dutch side of the world hated him from the first lap uh tommy t of course with that incident going down <laughs> the back straight and uh yeah. you know i suppose as campy just said there there's a lot of inconsistency that the uh fia has to look at this year in terms of they've had to deal with it we've mentioned this on this podcast uh, you've mentioned this in terms of how the stewards uh make their decisions and how having completely different stewards each weekend is not necessarily the best thing but from your point of view uh, bring your Dutch bias to the the front. We're happy to have it. From your point <laughs> I of should view, should be wearing orange, shouldn't I? How did you How did you see all of that? All of it. I think f- quickly on the the first lap incident. I just I think it was a late move, but it was a move that was inevitable. And Lewis knew that move was coming. He's an idiot if he didn't think it was coming for a lunge. The issue was the lasting advantage that he gained, and I don't know where the the time was given back. He seemed to go off into the sunset, as Campy would say, and he just drove off and extended the, his advantage, I think was the issue. But move on. I think that, that's just the inconsistencies we've seen throughout the year. So I don't think Mercedes did anything to give back that advantage. But having said that, I still think that that Merck would have had the pace throughout that uh, race anyway, regardless. I think he would have managed to get back in front and do whatever. So kind of a, a moot point. But I think... From Max's side of things, he did everything he possibly could throughout that race at every opportunity. He took every risk and did everything he possibly could. I get what you're saying, Campy, but also I would hate to see that championship end under yellow flag, and I think that would have been the worst thing. I was campaigning for and yelling with Dad on the couch. As soon as it happened, I was like, red flag it, get them both on fresh tyres, let's just do this with little six laps to go and just like let's have a proper sprint to the end with both fresh tyres. Like, yep, we'll get to have a start. Like I think that just would have been a fairer way to do it rather than this giving, say, Max the advantage or giving Lewis the advantage under safety car. I think that was probably preferable. And we've seen red flag for less, so it wouldn't have been uncommon for this season to end with a red flag and kind of do it that way. I, I get what you're saying, mate, but like I, I would be so disappointed to see this end end under a yellow flag and just what a parade around for the end of the, the race and Max have yeah. no opportunity to actually finish in a in a race to actually race his opponent. Yeah, yeah look, at look, the end of the day. Look, sorry, you go, Jim. No, at the end of the day, Michael Massey's job is safety, right? He it 
it doesn't actually matter about the World Drivers' Championship for him, uh, and nor should yep. it. I know that the there would have been the world of pressure. Something else I want to talk about in just a moment too is the lobbying, the significant lobbying that was being oh, done by team principals, yeah. like directly, including a button. Oh, like he had, there's a direct dump button from Toto to Michael of win, must just say whinge, um, and <laughs> Christian Horner must have one as well because. It's not, not so. It's not good, uh, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. That's an unnecessary step. He can, you know, have his 400th pair of Bose headphones for the race if that's what he needs to to get through it. But to throw, that's no yeah. good. We don't uh, need to hear it as fans because it makes it look exactly, worse for us. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, and look, I'm sure it happened before we had this uh, direct audio feed, uh, and that's okay. But yeah, his job is safety, and you know, I, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times, but when I spoke with Scott Elkins, who is in that world as as well, you know, he, he said very clearly, our job is about safety. We don't really care about anything else that, you know, the FIA employ us to, to do that and keep everyone safe. So long as, you know, Latifi was safely off the track uh, in terms of himself, so long as the car was safely out of the way, that's all good. I think what Campy said in terms of his uh, Michael Massey's decision making, um, certainly one thing that he has to work on, uh, at least with the radio messages that we can hear, is how he communicates clearly to these teams. Mm. We saw it last weekend, didn't we, uh, in Jeddah in terms of the give the position back issue that went on yeah. uh, in yep. terms of how that was communicated. But at the end of the day, if the race finishes under a safety car, it finishes under a safety car because, yep. you know, the most important thing is the drivers are safe. And, yes, that would be a boring end to the season. Uh, will we be disappointed with that? Absolutely we would have, we would have done. But I think this jeopardy of, righto, it's only the cars that are between Lewis and Max can overtake so we can get some racing is also a bit of spicy, chilly Michael Massey that we haven't seen this year either. That's almost like a bit of V8 supercars. Are there any rules to this? We've, <laughs> we've, had, yeah, yeah. we've, we've had 54 race, fifty four laps of these guys to race up until this point, and the race was over, and it was all but over, and Max was no way going to make up the gap that Lewis had gained. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, look, look, I've got – can I go – that lap one incident, before we go back to the the merits of the yellow car, uh, the safety car and the decision at the end, the lap one incident, is it Renault I'm here? pissed off <laughs> at Max because it is the same dumb shit that he has done for the last three races. It's exactly the same as Brazil. It's exactly the same as the two incidents we had in the turn one um, last weekend and it was carbon copy. He didn't make that corner and he didn't leave space on the outside he for Hamilton. He didn't make that corner. He didn't leave the track. Hey. He didn't leave the Lewis, track. He was in the wild. Lewis lines. went to turn in. He had the front. He went to turn into the corner and had to correct. And if he didn't avoid that accident, if it had been two Max Verstappens yeah. going into that corner, there would have been a collision. With one Max Verstappen and a Hamilton, Hamilton had to avoid it. And there was no way known that Hamilton was ever going to make it with that line that Max took into it. Do I think that? Lewis gained advantage by going off track and not giving it, absolutely. But, Max, those moves, you can't do them. And it's the same shit that we put up with for three races in a row that he hasn't decided to change. Max stuffed this in qualifying yesterday when he locked up his yellows and didn't get to start the race on on, on on the optimum strategy. Lewis got him off the line and raced the whole race and clearly had pace advantage the whole time. So if we look up until lap 54, Lewis had won it 
the thing was in the bag and it was a procession for the last four laps. The fact that a safety car came out with four laps to go and then the proceeding nonsense from the stewards and the race director came, I just think I can feel sorry for Hamilton and the way that went down because, like... (laughs) So we haven't even spoken about why five cars got let through for the safety car and not the rest of the other cars. And in the rules, they should have been given another lap to catch up to the back of them and stuff like that. Before we even go there, but the communication before it was very clear, no, we're not letting them through, which ruins, which, you know, which uh, which would have ruined Max's chance. But the race was over for him anyway. He had nothing to lose whether he pitted or not. Um, and then for them to make a decision with half a lap to go in the eyes of safety that we just have to get this, I just have to get these guys finishing back on the race, ultimately ruined the whole experience for the like for the fans. And the guys that I watched it with last night as well all hate Lewis Hamilton with a passion but were very, very compassionate to his cause on the racetrack last night because he did nothing wrong. He had that locked up in the bag. Um, pressured by Red Bull by the bold decisions they were making. But then again, Mercedes chose not to uh, give away track position when they probably could have. Um, I mean, incidents in these sport, and that's motorsport sometimes, I just think the way the director handed the race was an absolute shambles. Yep. Uh, let's not forget also that there were a couple of protests launched by Mercedes against uh, Max Verstappen yep. and Car 33. Um, and both of them were rejected. But- but you can't change the result after the fact. Yeah. Like, from a sports standing, I can guarantee the head of it and the, all the politics and all the bullshit came into it at the end of it and they sat down and they are like, we cannot change this result now. Nah. It's yep. way too far gone in the fans' eyes. It's a shambles anyway. If we change this now, it's just going to create a whole other circus that we don't want to create. Unfortunately for Mercedes, they ended up on the wrong side of it. But they were totally within their rights to make those um, – to make those protests and get the outcomes they wanted because they're probably right. If it went to a court of law, it'd be a very, very different. Um, it'd be a very, very different outcome. I think Mercedes will walk away that they'll cop it on the chin for the betterment and for the sake of the sport. But geez, they've got Massey's got something to answer to. That guy is an absolute muppet. Uh, keep an eye out in 2022 for Lakeside Ugh. Drive spin-off of Judge Judy of Judge Campy. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Judge Campy's Court of Law. Uh, no, just- it's, not, it's not a good look for a fan. Like, I'm a fan, and this is, unfortunately, the politics and the BS that goes in F1 that, as fans, we inevitably have to put up with, and all the off-track stuff, whether it's Ferrari's got veto powers and have more influence over the whole organisation's Ultimately, we get dragged in this stuff and have to put up with it. I'd just rather it get fixed and sorted so that we don't, or at least do it behind closed doors so it's not played out on a worldwide TV feed for yep. us to and have that's all the, the information that we need. That's the issue right away is not mm. even 20 minutes after the finish, uh, sorry, the podium has finished. Uh, the word is dropped uh, unofficially, then officially, that uh, Mercedes are protesting. Let me just read this out. Uh, Article 15.3 allows the race director to control the use of the safety car. Article 48.12 not applied fully in relation to safety car returning to pits at the end of the following lap 
48.13 overrides it. Once message safety car in this lap is displayed, it's mandatory to withdraw safety car at the end of the lap. Therefore, Mercedes requests that the stewards remediate the matter by amending the classification to reflect the positions at the end of the penultimate lap. This is a step that the stewards believe is effectively shortening the race retrospectively and hence not appropriate. That is the decision, uh, which is the second one, uh, second protest, not about Max Verstappen being in the wrong place uh, when when he did come up alongside Lewis Hamilton a couple of times after the safety car had come in. He was like, oh, you want to go, mate? Let's go. What? So, so it was a mistake that they pressed the safety car lap in. No, it? no. The decision like, is once it's lap. once it's in, once it's displayed, which it was displayed, then it's in that lap. The problem is, uh, f- from what I can understand, is that I think those decisions oh. were either made after, so the uh, cars can go past, uh, but that was decision was made after the safety ca- car in this lap was displayed one way or another. I don't know, but uh, so. But where does Rule Thirty Nine come in? Where it talks about um, once over once. Um, uh, lapped cars can overtake themselves. All of them must do it, and the preceding lap must follow. Does it say must? Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what. I was <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. sure. All right. Well, let's yeah. keep let's keep going. Uh, yeah. Look, Tommy T. The the yeah. whole the bit of look Abu Dhabi. We sort of hyped up a little bit with the track changes. Uh, it looked like a, a better track overall yep, um, in definitely. qualifying, but. When it came to the actual racing, though, we had huge lulls. Um, yeah. You know, apart from that, and obviously it's great that we have something to talk about, which is so exciting in, yeah. in how Max won, whether it's uh, a good way for him to win or not. Um, but what did you think of, of the overall changes to the track and how that played out during the race? It's definitely an improvement, that's for sure. I think we're going to really see how it goes with the new cars. I think these cars have just kind of had their... I don't know. They've had their day. They're really hard to follow behind. And the turbulent air we saw was pretty evident with like Charles Leclerc when Max came out of the pits, those kind of things, even Latifi at the end. He, he, I reckon turbulent air and dirty tires was definitely an impact on him hitting the wall. Oh yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah, these cars are just impossible to follow behind. So with the new kind of ground effect that we're working on for next year, the next regulations, I think this track might actually come into its own if you can follow closer through a lot of those sections because it was and it is nice and wide in many sections and you can do a lot of good moves if you can get close and follow close for multiple laps but you could see that Max when he was chasing the whole time was like I have to stay two seconds behind because it's just impossible to get closer so there's no opportunity to challenge even if you do have pace I think that's the issue that we've had for probably the last four or five years really when we think about it but one of the things I quite like in the about- United Arab, Arab Emirates. Why? Because of money. And the tracks generally suck. And whatever they do to this track ain't going to clean it up to be a good race track. That's uh, because there's not 10% banking. If Karun could get that extra 5% in. <laughs> yeah. And turn The one thing I like about the Abu Dhabi circuit um, is the pit exit. Obviously, it's very unique. Uh, it's bizarre. And let's talk a little bit about what happened with the virtual safety car. Uh, and Max Verstappen because Lewis Hamilton pointed it out uh, and Max Pitt obviously was a great pit stop. Uh, Red Bull Mechanics did an incredible job. Spot on. How they how they have done that all year has been amazing to watch, of course. But, uh, of course, in the in the pit area, which that still counts, uh, you can go a little bit faster than the uh, reduced speed of the VSC everywhere else. So 
uh, instead of, you know, being 21, 22 seconds behind Hamilton, he ended up being about 17 and a half seconds behind because of the speed that he made up that he just exited the pit lane. Um, it's one of the, the good parts of this track, I suppose, Tommy mm-hmm. T, when it comes to the, the design. Uh, but the strategy, though, Campy, how that plays into the whole of the race. And yes, I know, you, and we can talk if you found Article 39, then please talk about it as well. But yeah. tell me tell me overall your thoughts on, on this track and, and little things like that, which can make it a little bit more interesting, I suppose, because that's where strategy comes in and the teams can make an impact from the pit wall um, to help the driver. Yeah, look, I think those little things are good and they're rarities in our sport. Uh, if you pit, you should lose time. Hamilton shouldn't complain about that because he had ample opportunities to pit when they were racing and when they weren't. So, mm-hmm. uh, look, yeah, it's it's cool. It's, a, it's an interesting part of the track, but... It was, you know, we saw Leclerc go off getting distracted by Max Verstappen. Oh, oh that could have ended. That was almost the decider right there. Yeah. I think there's a bit of downforce. That's what we're talking about. You, you can sure. see why uh, Leclerc's car let go. Um, and I think Max went off track at one stage when he was behind, must have been behind signs, uh, got yeah. twitchy mm-hmm. and ran over the bar. Yeah. So if that had been Monica, I mean, he probably should have got a penalty for that too, didn't he, Tommy? So <laughs> going off track and gained an advantage. Did he um, gain an advantage? It's, I look, can I just say, <laughs> I never I'm ever, joking, th- I, nev- I know, I would never oh. ever thought I'd, I'd see the day, not since we started what was Oz F1 LXI Drive, where yeah. we would we would be sitting here going, look, I just don't know, well, at least two of us, I just don't know how I feel about Lewis Hamilton not winning this championship because we were so, like when we first started this podcast, it was like, anyone except for Lewis is good. Now it's like, oh, but he actually drove really well and he dominated that race and, you know, that that is it deserved. Tell us about Article 39, Campy, if if you found it. Uh, I've got it on my phone here, so... Sorry, give me a second. That's lads. okay. Oh. Get the iPad out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's using his iPad to record. Don't, Please don't, don't laugh at me iPad. like I used to do in kids when we had to read out loud in class. <laughs> oh, good. This is a good. Uh, if the clerk of the course considers it safe to do so and the message lapped cars may now overtake has been sent to all teams via the official messaging system, any cars that have been lapped by the leader will be required to pass the cars on the lead lap of the safety car. Keyword there being any. Um, this will apply to cars that were lapped at the time they crossed the line at the end of the lap during which they crossed the first safety car line for the second time after the safety car was deployed. Yes, I understood that too. Having <laughs> overtaken the cars on the lead lap, having overtaken the cars on the lead lap and the safety car, these cars should then proceed around the track at an appropriate speed without overtaking and make every effort to take up position at the back of the line of the cars behind the safety car. Whilst they are overtaking, and in order to ensure this may be carried out safely, the cars on the lead lap must always stay on the racing line unless deviating from it uh, from its unavoidable. Unless the clerk of the corks considers presence of the safety car is still necessary, once the last lap car has passed, the leader safety car will return to the pits at the end of the following lap. If the clerk of the course considers track conditions are unsuitable for overtaking, the message overtaking will not be permitted will be sent to all teams via the the official messaging system. So I think it's pretty clear there that, and the other thing was, uh, lapped any car 
has been lapped can unlap themselves. So I think it's pretty what. And we have these rules for reason, right? Why? Just why are they not being followed to the letter of the law? And why? Yeah, I'd, look, anyway, I've said my point. I'm just, as a fan, I just don't like to see it like that. And it just reeks of stupidity. Yeah, yeah, other than that, I don't really know what to say. I could harp on it and say it again, and I could say it a thousand times till it's out of my system. Yeah, no, but I could, I could say all the same things I've said a thousand times to try and get it out of my system. Well, look, here's, still here's some... Really shitty and angry uh, about the way that this race you could. I wouldn't understand yeah. it a second Ending time. Ending cars <laughs> under a safety car, go back to Spa. <laughs> we classified the thing by running under two laps, so don't give me this bullshit that it, we have to get them back out in a race, Michael Massey, you tit. <laughs> so, but, yeah, anyway. But then, then if you take that, if, yeah, but if you take Spa out of the equation... Going into this final race would have looked very, very different. Lewis would have <laughs> well, had that's, a five-point that's five point point lead. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Luckily, we weren't decided. And all he had to do was really secure a second place and it would have been, wouldn't have been an issue for him. So, you know, yes, that Spa incident did, um, you know, did the awarding half points did have an effect on the championship too. Interesting though. A fun fact, my mates told me last night that um, regardless of whether Lewis won last night and Max came second, if you went under the old scoring system, so 10, 6, 4, 3, 2, 1 for the top six positions, Max Verstappen would have won this championship uh, 144 to 141 to Lewis if Lewis had a one last night. So just adjust those scores accordingly. So, yeah, that's a fun fact for us all anyway. So if we're going old school, Max will still would have won. No, no fast slaps or anything like that, which is probably not a bad thing. That's applying the Felipe Massa should have won 2008 thing, and I'm here for yeah, that. I, I am. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Uh, I'm just on. I was made a rookie error by opening F1 Twitter. Um, seems that Mercedes oh. have lodged an intention to appeal after the second protest has been thrown out by the FIA. Um, they That'll have well. 96 hours uh, now to well, further time to see what's going on. Um, also, Michael Massey. Only two minutes ago, it uh, it's 6.49 a.m. here. Two minutes ago, left the track, uh, and so has Toto Wolf. So I love that we've gone to sleep and got back up again to record this, and people are only yeah. uh, leaving the track now. Does, um, does Toto talk publicly yet? No, there's no media for, yep. for him um, or Massey, and uh, Hamilton is not doing any media either tonight. And look, you know, it, we'll talk about Lewis in a moment with the post-race press conference. But I think we can probably agree that uh, regardless of now all of this nonsense that's happening afterwards, that all we wanted as fans in Campy, I think you alluded to it there, is whatever happens on track, it kind of stays on track. The the politics of it, the protests, the nonsense, everything else is uh, yeah. it's not good for our sport to use the Simon Lazenby term, not good for the neutral because uh, what we saw... As crazy as it was, you know, the whistle has been blown for want of a bit of a term and it's done. Max Verstappen has been crowned yep. and uh, and that's how we see it. And look, the number one will be coming back to Formula One on a car next year because Max will need to sell bulk merchandise. Uh, apparently that's the only reason why he'll probably have that on his Red Bull. Um, but what I thought was interesting, Tommy T, uh, it was in the celebrations by Max's 
no, I hope we can do this forever. I never want to go to yeah, another yeah. team. I always want to stay at Red Bull. Um, we'll see how that ages uh, in a couple of years' time when uh, <laughs> Ferrari come knocking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for from your point of view, though, Tommy T, you mentioned this earlier on, Sergio Perez, driver oh. of the day. Not real. I mean, Kimi yeah. Räikkönen won because, of course, he did, and and that needed yes. to happen. It was very unfortunate yeah. that we didn't get any celebratory donuts by Kimi Räikkönen, like Fernando Alonso. Uh, we had all those years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk about team by team still in a little bit. But Red Bull, so helped by Sergio Perez. Oh, uh, the guy, guy. Is, did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, he was perfect, wasn't he? That His defending and his like taking back of that position was some of the best racing that we've seen probably for the year. His desperation to make sure that that move stuck was just incredible and he did it for long enough for Max to get back into contention yeah. and then enough for him to get DRS and slingshot through uh, and to back to the back of uh, Hamilton's car. In- incredible job from his teammate. Obviously, the circumstances were that he couldn't improve on fourth anyway, so he was going to be fourth regardless of his position in the race today. So, and But he's had this attitude for the whole whole year he understands how important this is to Red Bull as a team and his position coming into this team was that of you're here to help Max and help Red Bull win and take down Mercedes in this championship battle and I don't know we've always liked Checo he's a super likable guy and you just want the best for him for him to kind of get his moment and his kind of impact in this championship like he has throughout the year and this moment in particular was pretty great to see um, and I think like all the Red Bull fans, he's he's gained a lot of fans, yeah. I think, yeah. around the world for his contribution to Max's championship. And also nice to be called out immediately that, you know, oh. Checo is a legend as as it happened. Oh. Um, yeah. you know, we haven't the historically seen that yeah. when Valtteri's done something for Lewis, for example. There's not been that immediate yeah. gratification. Uh, so, you know, the, the culture maybe at Red Bull has changed since Daniel Ricciardo left. Uh, Campy. <laughs> Yo. Here's a question. Here's the question for you, and uh, and I mentioned this on the Discord last night, and someone brought it to my attention, which I'm kind of annoyed about because I can't get it out of my head. If Daniel Ricciardo had stayed with Red Bull, culture aside, could he have won a World Drivers' Championship this year? I don't think either him or Max would have won it. They would have taken too many points off each other. That's the answer. I was neither looking for. of them would have been in the fight. So, and that's why I think Sergio Perez was the correct choice for Red Bull for this year. Yep. To at least yeah. provide it. And look, you know, the fact that he's now got the car together, uh, he had his own setup going on. Hopefully going to next year, he'll be able to understand the Red Bull car in his own way so that yeah. he's up, you know, straight away yeah. with it. Uh, I think it's it's very, it's interesting. Uh, Lewis's attitude at the very end of the race. Uh, it was good. Incredible. Um, from him, uh, he could have gone either way. I mean, he didn't bring his car to the the grid uh, at the end to, in, to sort of finish in that second position. Can't really blame him for that. I mean, he had a good crack on that last lap down the last straight. Oh. He had a good crack to take that position back. Um, but yep. I mean, Max was never going to let him through. He would have crashed out, to be honest. I think that yep. that was his kind of attitude going into yep. that. Um, he really held himself together. Clearly upset. By that, I mean, seven World Drivers Championships is an incredible feat. Eight would have been amazing. Could still happen next year. I mean, it's it's a good thing, isn't it, that we've now had a bit of a break in the Hamilton domination. Um, you know, he didn't win 2009, did he? Um, or 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, uh, 16, now 21. I mean, it's a good thing for the sport overall, but him 
being at this age, this stage of his career, Campy, how he handled this, I thought, was incredibly gentlemanly, very much of the honouring of the Sir Lewis Hamilton part of Sir Lewis Hamilton. Um, and also, Anthony, his dad, uh, the the very wholesome content of Anthony really genuinely congratulating Max Verstappen yep. and Jos Verstappen and, a, you know, a bit of a, a dad hug as well. Uh, dad of the day goes to for me to go to Anthony Hamilton over Jos Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, look, Lewis must have been in a tough spot, and we know he's carried on like a tip beforehand. I think back to the the twenty sixteen him Rosberg battle and the way he handled himself in that last race was. Uh, yeah, look in hindsight, you can understand in the heat of the battle what these guys are trying to do, but in hindsight, he you know, he's, he handled it. Wrong, but last night didn't do anything wrong for me. You know, obviously his dad was his consoling and said, look, this is the way to handle it. <laughs> There's things happening behind closed doors. The best thing you can do is go out, be congratulatory to, to the fans and thank the team and do all the normal things that he does, whether it's genuine or not. For me, it was uh, it was a step forward in that direction. He's genuinely trying to build a bridge between... You know, make a difference outside of F1. So I think, you know, that he's, he is really practicing what he preaches. And uh, that is a good thing because it would have been real easy to come out and go, on, you know what? F this sport and F Michael Massey. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> the crap yep. he's put up with for three weeks. And I'm going into bat for him because I, you know, I wanted to see Max win it on track, but Max wasn't good enough to win it on track last night. So, um, yeah, look, yeah, tough one, but he, he did everything right, so good on him. I think Lewis is going to be gaining more fans as a result of just how he handled this loss. Uh, and if he does come back next year and win the championship or the year after, uh, oh. it, I think it'll be a, a bigger and better championship for it. It's only going to mean better racing and, and good things for the sport, isn't it, going forward? Uh, all right, let's go through our team-by-team team analysis because it is worth talking about everyone in a fair it light. Is. Uh, we'll start at the very back. Um, two or four cars uh, didn't finish from uh, two teams. Latifi, Russell, of course. Um, now, with yeah. Latifi going to uh, Alpha Tauri in 2023 now, I'm sure Christian Horn was very mm-hmm. happy indeed with, with what happened there. But, Tommy, so you mentioned this. I mean, he was having a battle with Mick Schumacher, so that's worth saying yeah. that Mick Schumacher was, uh, you know, doing as much as he could, being the solitary yeah. hass on track. But... This the off track dirt, the dust, of course, the turbulent air, all of it contributed to to him. It's not the first car we saw go off at that part of the track as well. No. Um, seemed to be the favourite sort of car magnet for it. Um, but George Russell uh, as well. I mean, you probably shouldn't focus on promoting a movie and just focus uh, on tweeting yeah. more often during a race. It seems to be more interesting. Uh, what did he have to say on Twitter, Tommy? I pulled it up before, but he was disgusted with how it kind of finished up, kind of alluded to similar things as Campy um, had mentioned. But I don't know whether he's right or wrong. I don't think it's the time to say that. Like there's time to congratulate Max, who he's grown up in and around in junior formulas. And like, yes, obviously he's going into bat for his future teammate and his team that he's about to move to. So I'm sure that's consideration. But, yeah, maybe, maybe not what I would have done or what I think is the correct thing to do maybe there. It's it's time for celebration and we can have the, the discourse and other things later of if he really wants to. But, yeah, he, he wasn't happy, was he? Um, 
Yeah, I, I do get it, but... He's just listening to Campy and showing some emotion, to be honest. I think yeah. Campy, I mean, how does that play for you? I mean, his first tweet was all caps and say, this is unacceptable. Seth follows it up by saying, you know, all due respect to Max and he's a great champion and whatever, but to finish like that but, is, is no, no good. Look, above all else, he's probably, his, his opinion and the drivers on track, the 20 drivers who make up this sport, their opinion matters probably more than anybody else's. So it'll be interesting to see what they all come and say post race in the mm. next in the following week if they have something to say mm. about it. So um I think they're all genuinely genuinely stoked for Max last night and they were and they consolidated yeah. everyone. I think there's a bit of camaraderie there. Um yeah, I think uh It'd be interesting to see what the drivers think about it because at the end of the day, that's motorsport and these things happen. We see results thrown up by yellows all the time. And is it fair? No, but that's just the way it goes. So mm. that's motorsport. I'm, yeah. We'll put that on a T-shirt, would you, Tommy? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone wants that's motorsport. In fact, if, if Michael Massey had said instead of – that's an auto race. We've come here to go car racing. Toto at the end said that's motorsport. I uh, thought that was cheeky from Massey too. I was just like, Massey, was, don't inject it? yourself into that. You don't need to be making comments like that. Just stay out of it because it inflames the situation. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what's happened. And it makes mm-hmm. me think that you're more of a dickhead than I thought you were last week too. Just keep your mouth shut. you got a job to do. Yes, it's hard. You're a referee. All global sports have these people. You are the man that makes deciding factors. You don't need to be mouthing off and making the situation worse. Yeah, well, he did, and uh, all of the Dutchies appreciated it. As I said, half the world's always going to hate what he did, yeah. and the other half is yeah. for it. Um, you know, at the uh, at the end of the day, he's right. We're here for a motorsport contest. The problem is Michael Massey's here for safety. We had uh, 54 I think that's where laps the, of a motor race. That's the last the, one doesn't really matter. Yep, there you go. That's that's the issue. But, look, Williams, this is a, a season – uh, which was fairly good for them, of course. Some real ups and downs, of course. Passing to yeah. Frank Williams, no good. Um, some on a pole, not a pole, a podium for George Russell in the half race in the parade race that was the Belgian <laughs> Grand Prix, at least. Uh, but this is a whole era of Formula One they will want to forget and move on very quickly. Of course, uh, they've got some uh, extra time in the wind tunnel compared to other teams going forward for the next season. So it'll be very interesting to see where we end up talking about Williams in the pack for next year. Alfa Romeo, though, this was just doubly disappointing. Um, Kimi Raikkonen retiring, Giovinazzi retiring, um, going out without any big you know, fanfare at all, campy. I mean, it was a nice little tribute, wasn't it, that, uh, that Formula One had for Kimi. It was great to see his family there uh, and his kids – I mean, the sport's going to miss him, but at the same time, yeah. I think it is it is time for him to move on um, yeah. when he's un- unfortunately in a car that's just not performing at all and having reliability issues and not being able to really trust putting it into corners the way he wants to. As he said yesterday, you know, he's done with the politics of it. He's done with the nonsense. He just wants to go racing. Yeah. Um, but for Alfa Romeo, definitely a-, a season to forget for them too, don't you think? Yeah, not how we wanted to send Kimi off, but... Uh yeah, I mean, it's what we expected from them. We didn't expect them to both have car issues. I mean, look, mm. Kim, Kimmy's brake by wire failure looked hectic. Yeah, um, no good. Looked hectic. Uh, at least he drove it off and didn't bring it out a safety car. 
Um, Giovinazzi, on the other hand, made zero efforts to get that car off in a place that was good from uh, him. Should <laughs> <laughs> have parked it on the track as well, actually, Gio. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, you could have made Don't a bigger you. impact at the end. Do a full Kevin Magnuson. You know, yeah. Alpha have been in this sport under the Sauber banner for a very, very long time, and uh, they are committed to the future of it. And um, you know, let's hope they get it right with some car design next year. They got, <laughs> they got, they got a very capable driver in uh, Valtteri Bottas who will will take that team up the grid just on uh, sheer raw pace that he has. Uh, and they got Guan Joto, so they got a good cash injection, um, which will help them out financially. So they were, you know, next year's. Look, who knows what will happen? But let's mm-hmm. hope let's hope their car's good and they're up there. Yep, Haas, Schumacher 14th, and Mazepin uh, didn't start, of course. He tested positive for COVID, uh, unfortunately, for Fittipaldi. He didn't take part in a practice session, which meant that he couldn't uh, be the reserve driver and actually jump into the car, meaning Haas probably gladly um, only had one (laughs) car to focus on their disappointment. But 14th, I mean, a lot of other cars not finishing. Uh, 14th, not a bad finishing number for them, even if Schumacher was last uh, again in the same vein of Alfa Romeo and Williams uh, they'll have a little bit more time in the wind tunnel compared to everyone else uh, I can only imagine Gunter Steiner has been totally focusing on 2022 yep. uh, when it was supposed to be 2021 at the beginning of 2019 when the uh, rules started mm. to come out that's where the edit- the attitude would have been for him it'd be interesting to see what happens next year with them uh, but more Gunter on our screens is something that we desperately need Aston Martin, Seb Vettel 11th, uh, Lance Stroll 13th. Get just a pace deficit to a lot of these other cars, Tommy T. uh, Almost nowhere again, yet again for Aston Martin. They obviously checked out for this season. Yeah, definitely. You you think they're just focusing on working hard at the campus and getting everything ready for next year. (laughs) But they had no pace all weekend, did they? They were just in no man's land. It's almost like they just left all the extras at home and just kind of go, we'll just go with what we've got. We'll figure it out when we get there just borrowed some random spare parts from other people if they weren't using them and just painted them green, I think, <laughs> to see how we go. Has, has this year been a failure for them? Oh, I would say so. Yeah, I would say moments, so. But I think it's. I think Seb's probably done better than I would have thought and mm. Stroll's definitely done worse than I would have thought. <laughs> so, so, Seb's had some performances where he's outperformed yeah. the car, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Think back to Turkey, was it, where uh, – Got a second to Ocon, was it? So. Hungary. You're very good at forgetting that specific race. It's the only race yeah, you're like, what, you what's the race where the this one. happened? And it's all the answer is always Hungary. <laughs> you, mix up, you mix up your rings every time. <laughs> it's like you're completely this is a mind blank uh, yeah. in that. How can you forget oh, Fernando Alonso's defending? Stroll put a good move on Vettel last night. There was Stroll right. did some good it, stuff up the back. The problem is when you're doing blue on blue. Points. Like that, and then outside yeah. of the points, what's what is the point? Yeah, um, yes. someone else who was outside of the points and just absolute weekend to forget was Daniel Ricciardo, uh, McLaren Yo. finishing in 12th, Lana Norris in seventh, starting from third position. I was hoping a little more from Norris, but he just got his ass out of the way and was like, No, thank you, I do not want I'm to out. be a part of this <laughs> at all. Uh, went into an immediate battle with the Ferraris and got uh, was was able to at least take one of them, and that's only because he yeeted himself almost into their future world champion in Charles Leclerc. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, we'll talk about Carlos signs in a bit. But, I mean, that 
the pace that I thought was back for McLaren just seemed to be a Lando freak lap uh, for qualifying in a good way, I mean. Mm. Um, all attention on 2022, hey. Uh, it was yep. is about as interesting for Danny Ricciardo this race, I think, as his upcoming hotel quarantine period for two weeks sitting in a Perth hotel. Um, no real good at all for, for them as a whole. And it's such a real shame, Campy, isn't it? Because we got so excited for McLaren halfway through the year. Of course, the Monza win yep. was fantastic. The pace that Norris was showing in Russia was then fantastic but when Ferrari brought their upgrades and those development tokens which they had extra to McLaren that was all over Uh, and uh, third position absolutely sealed in Ferrari's favour Yeah it's a shame I think uh, I mean when Danny Rick needed to bank points of the team to win get that third place he needed to do it early but he's had some Mm. struggles Yeah, I mean McLaren have been nowhere since Russia really um, but on on all fronts, it's just a shame. Danny Rick got stuck behind Ocon last yeah. night and just didn't have the car. Thought that. What do you think of that blue livery that they put at the back? I thought it was horrible. Um, but I'm not sure sp- how I feel about <sighs> vaping being sponsoring for yeah. one. It's. I mean, it's basically we might as well just let Ferrari have you know yeah, Marlboro back, back on the side of the car. Uh, yeah. I think it, I felt like the orange was a bit different to what we've seen all year. I, th- I feel like the orange stood out a bit more than what it did. So Potentially yeah. a uh, trickery of the design for the eye. Ooh, maybe it was just the good TV that I watched the race on last night instead of my laptop. So, um, <laughs> Your iPad <laughs> might be it. Oh, this is what a race looks Could like. Seems these cars are a lot bigger than I thought they were. <laughs> I thought Retina display. I thought that'd be all right, but obviously not. Hey, we um, look, if Apple, if you want to sponsor us, we all need new MacBook Pros. Um, Campy to do his word processing, and Tommy T and yeah. I to actually do processing. Actual <laughs> stuff. Oh, oh. Yeah, I but I don't. My HD camera, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I've noted that you've bought it once. I don't have enough places to plug it in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. It's an issue. Bloody Apple. Come on, Apple. Uh, but, yeah, for look, I didn't mind the livery. Their one-off livery of the year, though, goes to them in the Ooh, in Monaco yeah. for oh, golf. The golf livery was just time. like get that back big next yes year. from me. Uh, look, we'll, we'll talk obviously more about this in our season review uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they are totally focused on next year. Let's, let's keep that hustle in that direction, please. Alpine, Fernando Alonso, eighth, uh, Ocon, ninth. Again, a good showing by the French outfit towards the end of the season. They've found this consistency like Ferrari, uh, obviously not as quick as Ferrari, but still around, hovering around these positions. Um, Fernando Alonso uh, would be very happy that uh, Max Verstappen won the World Drivers' Championship and not Lewis Hamilton, (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, His facial reactions, as I said yesterday, uh, of Max Verstappen crashing into the wall in Jeddah was fantastic. Uh, Just more Fernando Alonso in my life is a good thing. Um, And I still think he'd be a great teammate against Oscar Piastri, even though uh, F1 Twitter disagreed with me and that that they think Ocon's better. It's okay to be wrong. What? It's okay to be wrong. Like, oh, Fernando's going to be so 43. Right. Ocon's a better, like, team, shut up. Ocon no is not <laughs> even close. It's also the incorrect so answer. So I've read the Bible too. The ignorance of people en masse is astounding <laughs> in this world. Uh, but for Alpine, uh, look, again, a gorgeous-looking car in terms of the the paint. Not Okay, not the green bit in the end with the Castrol livery, Tommy <laughs> T. I'll give you that. It looked a bit – it didn't look as good as it did last weekend for me, although you are wearing a green jumper, so maybe you've just fallen true. off the back of, yeah. of an Alpine car. Uh, true. But 
Alpine would have been slightly happy with how they finished that season in comparison to how they started. Of course, yep. the new technical Definitely. regulations completely screwing them over from where they were uh, at the end of last season. But Alpha Bloody Towery, Yuki Bloody Sonoda yeah. delivered a performance fourth. He was almost on a podium. Can we just have Huge. a proper discussion about this? The guy um, likes the desert. The guy does like the desert. He likes racing at yeah. nighttime <laughs> under floodlights. Uh, and my favourite part of the commentary, I think, uh, sorry for the, the uh, broadcast, was um, Nico uh, saying, well, you know, it's a Honda. I can't believe they're leaving the sport. They just sure. won the championship and Jensen's like, didn't you do that? <laughs> just, oh, just WDC good. burn. Love that a lot. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, Pierre Gasly fifth, Yuki Tsunoda fourth, Alpha Tauri, an incredible showing this weekend uh, has yep. to be said. They've really got it together. It is, as Camping said a couple of weeks ago, definitely a sister team now. And uh, it was enough to, uh, well, it wasn't enough, rather, I should say, unfortunately, to clinch that fifth place from Alpine. Alpine finishing on 155 points and Alpha Tauri on 142, most of which, apart from this weekend, uh, those points were won by Gasly. Um, yeah. But uh, for, for next year, Tommy T., under the Red Bull Power Trains, uh, sponsored yeah. by Honda, probably. Watch them come back to the yeah. sport again at some point in the next 10 years. Uh, a great showing for them. And, a, a, you know, and at the end of the day, have been most consistent Italian team uh, outperforming Ferrari for most of this season. Yeah, definitely. No, I think uh, Yuki obviously has had his troubles all year, but if he continues to put in performances like that on random occasions, even if it is sporadic, but to be up fighting where he was was a shock but also like welcome surprise like we we thought this guy was actually going to be good this year and we were all kind of a bit disappointed I guess that he didn't really live up to the hype he had the machinery which you don't usually get as a rookie as well and we we just wanted mm. to see more from him so he's on his way fingers crossed this is uh what's coming next year from Yuki cuz he's coming back um and yeah, maybe he can be he can close the gap to Gasly in qualifying and and race pace, which yep. is what you want to see with your teammate, isn't it, Campy? Yep, absolutely. Good on him. Yeah, it's good to see. Six out of the last seven races, he's uh, qualified in the uh, the top ten. So that says something about his trajectory in this sport, which is a good uh, good result. Yeah. Yep, and, and shout out off Terry, yeah. and shout out to Alex Albon who's been helping him significantly. Um, Alex Albon, just good guy Albon, good guy, to be honest. Uh, obviously happy to be back in with mm. Williams, but he was helping him before that announcement was made. So it's going to be the nicest grid on the team, isn't it? Uh, Williams next year. <laughs> looking forward to that. Before, of course, Latifi goes to Red Bull and replaces. <laughs> Replaces Albon as a Red Bull driver. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. Uh, Ferrari, Carlos Sainz getting a podium. A wild Ferrari appears uh, third position for him. Charles Leclerc in 10th, of course, because of the off that he had. was a little unfortunate. Uh, we saw the rear of that car just lose it. It's almost like he was slightly distracted. He saw You could see uh, Charles's helmet look at Max coming out. Yeah. Uh, and in that split second, the, the rear started to step out. A bloody great save, though. Uh, well done, oh. Charles Leclerc, for catching that and then not yeeting into the back of the future world champion. Uh, but for Ferrari, um, although, and I didn't mention this for Alpine, El Plan uh, being <laughs> on the back of their thing, I, I feel like the the master plan uh, is sometimes Bonotto is just Alonso dressed up. Uh, I feel yeah. like it's gone to the fancy dress shop, put a wig on and some glasses. Yeah. <laughs> but for Ferrari's trajectory, though, uh, going into next year is probably the, the yep. bigger question and the bigger conversation because we've seen now Red Bull 
throw everything at this championship, every yep. bloody thing at this championship. I know they've got Adrian Newey, and that's fantastic from a design point of view, but Ferrari seem to be chipping away to try and actually get back a uh-huh. team and two drivers that can both win the world championship, Campy. Yeah, uh, good showing for Ferrari in the end. Um, it look, it would be interesting. They all seem to be hunky-dory and love each other at the moment, good teammates, good camaraderie. But as I said last week, if they are genu- genuinely fighting for a world championship, that relationship will deteriorate pretty badly. Mm. Uh, no salads track, ordered. On, on track and off track when they're fighting for the one thing that they both want. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Ferrari sits next year. They've got a chance really to to uh, to make up the gap that they want to. It's a fresh start for all teams and you mm. would expect the big three, you know, the big three manufacturers being Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari to be up there and probably a McLaren too, being an independent team that still rely on Mercedes power. But uh, the longer that McLaren-Mercedes relationship goes on, I think they'll have the uh, – they'll get the technology and the software to get the same sort of levels of power efficiency that the, the top team does. So – yeah, it'll be good for Ferrari. It'll be interesting to see where they sit. Bring on, uh, what's it? Where's our first race? No, it's not Melbourne. Is Bahrain. It, uh, Bahrain. Jeez, we're not testing there, are we? It's not far away. We're we're straight into uh, well, obviously the winter break for Formula One, and then go. Yes, testing. I believe testing is still happening at Bahrain. Um, so that's uh, well. I mean, it's the first track of the yeah. season. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm a bit yeah, over Barcelona. Sense. Don't really care that one way or another. To be yeah. perfectly honest, good test track, but yeah, absolutely. But you know, Not when it's uh, snowing. And who knows what happens with these cars, right? At least, you know, we we know that the weather will be good enough in Bahrain, hopefully, uh, to make sure we can just figure out what's going on with these cars. Nighttime, daytime, all that sort of other stuff. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Uh, Mercedes. Big for Bernardo next year as well. This will be uh, – he took over the reins from Aravabeni and he's – He's firmly, in my mind, he's put all his cards into the development of this new car for next year. <coughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And that will make I or break. Many his, team principals have. Yeah, yeah, that'll make or break, but not particularly Bonotto's. I mean, he's missed races to go back to the country because, you know, he's had visa issues, allegedly. So uh, <laughs> he'll. Um, no, no, he's put all his eggs into next year. And if he fails, that, if that car <laughs> fails next year, then uh, where's Wally's gone? Oh, Tommy T, please add that to the list of campy sayings. Uh, Mercedes Red Bull, look, we've spoken about this. Um, I want to talk about the second drivers a little bit. We've already spoken about Perez, who ended up not finishing the race, unfortunately. Uh, He could have have been on for uh, a podium as well. But Valtteri Bottas in six, he just struggled again. Tommy T, uh, it's a bit of a shame for VB in his last outing. Uh, Of course, Mercedes not wanting to celebrate anything uh, after that uh, that Grand Prix had finished. The chequered flag had, had fallen. They've won the Constructors' Championship, let's just say yep. that. So as we said a couple of months ago, you know, it could go the fact that a constructor could win and, and a different driver from a different team wins the championship. That's what's happened. No Hands real surprises there. Hands you can go back and I have a- that on record as well somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Hence <laughs> why we say this is a... B grade title because Mercedes, yeah. if it was the title they wanted, 
that they say, yeah, that's the most important. They should be celebrating. Clearly not. Yeah, but for Valtteri Bottas, uh, yeah, again, not not the final race he would have wanted. Uh, he wasn't in a position to do something like Sergio Perez did. Um, yeah. Nico uh, came out and said, you know, Valtteri's been the best second driver all year, um, you know, compared to Perez. And I'm just not sure I agree necessarily. I think they've both had uh, instances. And maybe before this race, I probably would agree with Nico, but it's showing from Perez on old tires to hold up yeah. a world champion who is like, I need to get past this guy. Let's go. Yeah. The way he drove that and kept it within bounds and there was nothing, you know, too pushy or too aggressive about how he, he drove that car. But with the age of the rubber and the king of oh. tire preservation, geez, yep. Red Bull lucky to have Sergio Perez on track at that point. I know it didn't end up running out to that point because there was a 11 to 14 second gap built by Hamilton and, you know, we can discuss that another time. But for, for Perez, yeah, very good from him, Tommy T. I think Red Bull will be pretty yeah. happy that they locked him in for next year. Yeah, that's, he's he's been great and he's done exactly what he needed to do. He had a shaky kind of start and middle, but he's he's found moments to do what he needs to do as a teammate. I would say he's done kind of the more teammate things on track, whereas Bottas as a teammate has just taken points off Max. Mm. And that's probably what he's done if you think about it that way. With how the constructors shook out, you can clearly see that any time Bottas had an opportunity to take points away from Max, he did it. Um, and that's how he's contributed to that kind of teammate battle, I think. Yeah. And uh, Campy, when we, we, if we rewind, and you probably can't listen to this episode anymore, which is a good thing, uh, back to Mexico 2019, where uh, seventh felt like a victory for Checo. Uh, and we were like, <laughs> all right, mate. Uh, fast forward to the this time, literally this time last year, or, you know, thereabouts, just after Abu Dhabi, where. We weren't sure about where he was going, except for he didn't have a drive uh, for next for this season, I should say. And the announcement of him going to Red Bull, we were happy that, uh, yeah. that he found yeah. his his position there. And I think we're now happy again. I think everyone can be happy again that he is driving the car in a good way. Uh, and it's it's important, I suppose, for Red Bull to have that steady hand when it comes to helping them win a championship, isn't it? Yeah, he deserved he deserved that drive. Uh, he deserved that drive because of the results he's getting in the racing point. I think we we're all stoked for him in saying that. But, you know, as a second driver, you know, probably – and the car that's underneath him, it probably should have won the constructors, you know. Ultimately, I think Bottas probably had a better year uh, just because Hamilton really – that whole that whole lap and a half saga between those two – Hamilton was very – he had a lot to lose if he made contact with Perez. Oh, for sure. And yeah. he was very, very aware that he had, you know, that eight or nine second gap at the time and he was very conservative in the way that he raised Perez, whereas Perez was very, very aggressive on the other end. So I think I think if Lewis had his time again, he would have just uh, put the car in the place where it needed to be and not worried about anything else. So, But he had a lot to lose if there was an incident with Perez and I think that was on his mind. So I wouldn't read too far into what Perez did last night because, I mean, he was still – he's still acres behind Max Verstappen mm. and the potential in that car, which is not a good sign for me. I don't like it when drivers have the potential – a car up the road – you know, I know he was. I know he lost time because he was helping out his teammate, but you know they clearly can't match it with 
Lewis and Max, these other two drivers. And if there's 20 seconds on that car with half a race distance and they're not, you know, that's a big gap in motorsport and I just don't think they cut it. But it's all right when Daniel's behind, obviously, because it's different. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Tommy. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Tommy. Hang on. Hang I'm on. Just sorry. Tommy, can you just, can you just come just here for a second? Hang on. Tommy, Tommy, mouth, Tommy just come here for a second, mate. Just come here. Yeah. Sorry, Cam. Just give a second. You okay? Absolutely. I'm not calling out Daniel. I'm calling out Campy for his inconsistencies. Yeah, but the fact that you brought Daniel into it just doesn't look good for I, us. I had to go where it hurts, didn't I? No, okay, that's right. So, yeah, so yeah, you know, not wrong. Uh, yes, can't yeah, be an idiot. I, I could make a case for Danny Rick last night. Got stuck behind a dickhead Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the yes, Danny Rick had the pace, but he unfortunately we go to stupid places like the United Arab Emirates where we have stupid racetrack. How many, how many, how many Emirates states are there in that area? Is there five or six? <laughs> And we go to all five of them to race Formula One tracks and four of them are rubbish. (laughs) Why do we even go there and, oh, don't even start me. Didn't have to, you started yourself. If you want me to build a case of Danny Ricciardo, he gets stuck by on a dickhead Frenchman on a stupid track that our Formula One driver shouldn't go to. And it wasn't the money that these guys are offering to pay for the final race of the year. We wouldn't be even looking at it. Put me in charge and I'd be going to the United Arab Emirates. Sorry, lads, we don't want to race here because your tracks are rubbish. We're going because we're a sport of the people and a sport of the fans. We're going to give them what we want. We're going to get turbocharged V6s. We're going to get loud noises, good tyres that don't run out, and we're going to give the fans and the people what they want. But unfortunately, we're ruled by money. So, <laughs> And that's the podcast. Yeah. Time to end. <laughs> oh, it's really hard not to be cynical at the moment. You've done, shitty about last night. you've done a good hour or so of not being I've had cynical. an hour and, of sleep. And... I waited for a result for this stupid bloody protest, and I missed it. I had to get an hour kipper in. and oh. Anyway. Well, it's just life. That's uh, that's Lucky it. We're getting married and got stuff to look forward to for next year. So that is uh, <laughs> maybe that is I won't true. watch or return. <laughs> yeah, isn't your wedding on or your honeymoon or something on at the same time or near the Oz Grand Prix? Come on, mate, I'm not that stupid. Well, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is it. That is our team by team analysis done for 2021. What a year! Uh, this is how it has fallen out. We'll start with the B-grade championship, as Campy has said, at the back of the grid. Tenth, Haas on no points, which is no surprise. Ninth, Alpha on 13 points. Eighth, Williams, 23. Seventh, Aston Martin on 77. Sixth, Alpha Tauri on 142. Fifth, Alpine, 155. Fourth, McLaren, 275. Ferrari, third on 323 and a half points. Red Bull Racing, second, 585 and a half, and Mercedes, 613 and a half. And, of course, the championship that kind of matters, I suppose, more so, uh, 21st, yes, 21st, Nikita Mazepin, 20th, Robert Kubica, uh, 19th, <laughs> Michael Schumacher, Michael, Mick Thank Schumacher, you. I keep doing that, Mick Schumacher, 18th, Italian Jesus, uh, 17th, Latifi, 16th, Raikkonen, 15th, Russell, 14th, Sonoda, 13th Stroll, 12th Vettel, 11th Ocon, 10th Fernando Alonso, 9th Pierre Gasly, 8th Danny Rick on 115 points, Charles Leclerc, uh, 7th on 159 points, Lando Norris in 6th, Carlos Sainz in 5th, Sergio Perez, 4th, Valtteri Bottas finishing in 3rd with 226, Lewis Hamilton, of course, 2nd on 387 and a half points, and Max Verstappen, 395 and a half points. That is your 2021 
championship for Formula One uh, and it has been a bloody good year to be part of this community. And I say that in a really good way because everything that we have done, you have supported us immensely uh, and that includes... Uh, one of my favourite parts, the fantasy names. Um, and Campy, I know you didn't use your Mega Drive like an idiot, which is good news for me. Uh, here we go. Here's the fantasy names oh, that I've picked out. Oh, no. <laughs> you moron. I'm just going to get oh. my – I'm just going just gonna to start sitting in this warm glow of, so uh, of victory. I know, I know how Max That's feels. Amazing. Uh Fantasy names. Massey, <laughs> from the bin to the top shelf. <laughs> Max, Raymond M, The King is Dead, Long Live the King, Alex B, Demolition Derby, <laughs> as in Abu Dhabi. Good. Uh, Steen N, really like that. Uh, Sassy Massey, Saudi Circus. That's very good. That is very good. Kiss My Yas Marina, Josh L, Acheco's Big <laughs> Multi-Year Contract, Jonathan C, Ted's Arcane Details, David L, Checo. <laughs> enough said. Aaron B, didn't win fantasy, but Max sure is world champion, Haley H., Scared of the finale, Lauren R. And the one where Latifi decided a World Drivers' Championship, IRT. Well, <laughs> thank you to you for naming your fantasy na- uh, teams. Some incredible names all the way through the season. As we mentioned, the best team name. We'll get some merchandise uh, and we will go through that in our review of the 2021 season. Pick out our favourites. But um, mm. let's go through this little part of, of it too. In uh, third position, in the fantasy league is Tommy T on finishing 68. Just fell away, didn't I? In second position is Thomas J Camp on 46. And I cannot believe this because I had the worst team and the worst luck for most of it, but it's good because it was 400 races this season, so I was able to come back. Finished in 43rd. It's nowhere near the front, but I'll take it. 43rd uh, for for me. Thank goodness for that. Uh, Campy will come back at some point next year and go, yeah, well, I won again. Oh, the second drive, the second year on the <laughs> yeah, drop where I, I won. I didn't, I didn't use a mega driver or turbo driver at all. Doesn't so, ki- oh, where, you where? You didn't change oh, your tyres. Like, oh, you, <laughs> you didn't, didn't actually... go in the safety car and change your tyres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, right. all right, Lewis. <laughs> going to be Max. I'm going to... Where, where? Are you going to go thank, to the stewards and complain? I'm going to thank the fans for all that they've done for uh, <laughs> fantasy names this year and I'm um, going to be humble and walk away. Are you? <laughs> nah, Goodness, that's nah, unusual. Nah, but hey. Hey, now, hey, can I just say quickly to Discord, you guys are yeah. a cracking community that we are that we get to sort of talk to. I'm, I don't participate enough just because I'm not on my phone anywhere near what I what I probably should be, but uh, reading all the messages and stuff that comes through on a variety of things, it's it's a cracking community, and uh, yeah, it'll only grow and get better. But hey, you guys own that; it's not ours; it's uh, it's yours firmly. And the conversations are going are cracking too, and we are just really stoked that we get to be a part of it. I think, and uh, it's one of the best things about doing this podcast for the whole year. We don't uh, we don't really feel like we've got ownership of it; or we do it, but. Yeah, there's little gems like this where the community steps up and, uh, you know, is actively involved and it's good It's good to see. I very much enjoy reading it, although we don't – I don't uh, participate too much. So, yeah, it's great. 
or over 230 of you are part of that community, which is yeah. incredible. Uh, certainly, it's a great place. Uh, one of the things I really love about it too is that it is a, uh, a safer space than F1 Twitter uh, and everyone is exceptionally respectful of everyone else's opinion and there are some big opinions in there at the moment, of yeah. course, and will continue to, to go on for some time. Ooh, yeah. uh, but look, thank you to you for listening, for watching, for supporting, for buying merchandise all over the world. We've shipped merch all over the world, which is fantastic. Uh, we've had people like Freya and Dave Munnis join us on the podcast from the community. As Campy said, it's not about the three of us, it's about you. We started back in the day with Oz F1 with the mission to spread the love of Formula One to more Australians. Little did we know, of course, A, that Drive to Survive would start and B, that our second biggest audience resides in the US. So a massive shout out to you for wherever you're listening. Uh, we bloody love doing this and uh, we are really overwhelmed by your support. 2022 is going to be an incredible season, not only for Formula One, but for Lakeside Drive, of course. We're going to have some real interesting bits of content. Of course, our uh, panel is growing and growing, which is which is amazing. We'll hopefully have some great interviews for you to listen to next year as well. But, of course, uh, this is the end of the championship, which means it's the end of our pre-drinks and our race review episodes. We will be doing absolutely a review, a year in review uh, in a couple of weeks' time, but we will be having a bit of a break from some content now. Uh, look, as I said last uh, last weekend, I'm heading to the UK tonight, to in fact, uh, to go and do Extreme E. And uh, I know many of you have, have followed me across to, to that platform as well to, to listen. Um, I can only tell you that we're lining up some incredible interviews uh, and I will have to try very hard not to Fan girl, fan boy, myself <laughs> sitting in front of some of these people. But uh, the only reason I'm doing that podcast is because of this podcast and the success here. So massive thank you to you for that. Tommy T, of course, uh, we know that uh, people like Ash as well and Lewis who have supported us, um, even if they make me look like a ghost in the reels that I've done recently, it's like yeah. applying all of the filters. Uh, but people like Where that and stepping in is, is real, just making that community element stronger. For sure. Definitely. Nah, big, big props to those guys. They're doing a great job and it, it, it's made our lives a lot easier and we can just focus on doing this and it, it's just broadened our reach and it's just really showcased what we do to more people, which is excellent and we're very grateful for that. We're very grateful we'll, for all of you. We yeah. will do a season review. We'll give out some prizes for uh, best fantasy team names and uh, the winners of the fantasy. Who actually won the fantasy league, Jim? Oh, it doesn't oh. matter. James won. <laughs> 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 yeah, James, James beat us. <laughs> all the year. Set myself some merch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I look forward to Tommy T designing some. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be ready for Christmas. Uh, for some campy sayings on uh, t-shirts, oh, but certainly mate. for next year. But that's Looking it, guys. Up. Time to end. Uh, as I said, we yeah. won't. We there won't be some content for a couple of weeks. We're going to have a bit of a break. Uh, but a massive thank you to you for watching, for listening, for rating and reviewing. If you're on Apple Podcasts, for subscribing on YouTube, for following us on all of the socials, for joining us on the Discord server. 2021 was an incredible season. It wasn't a boring end. The season, uh, the story rather, still has a little bit to play out. But uh, we'll be here in a couple of weeks' time to talk about it and all in review, and then. It'll all be winding up for the next generation of Formula One in 2022. We can't wait to do that with you as well. Have a wonderful Christmas wherever you are. Stay safe as well. And we'll chat in a couple of weeks for our 2021 season review.
you ahead, Toto? You need to reinstate the lap before. That's not right. Toto? Yes. It's called a motor race, okay? Sorry? We went to car racing.